2: Yes, I dim the lights, I say, babe, let's watch Roger Rabbit, and they go, what are you talking about, you psychopath, and then they leave and then I watch it alone. That's how it goes. Is that how it goes? <laughs> yes. Are we going to be okay with that? Yeah, are we going to get through it? Absolutely, dude. Ooh. Everyone's got their thing. Fanatics.
1: If you like the 80s, well, you're in luck. Welcome back to the Fanatics Podcast. I am one of your hosts, David Magadoff. And with me is my most wonderful co host, someone else who also, I think, enjoyed the 80s as well, Miss Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire.
0: Hi, David. You know, I saw a funny meme. The other day, and it was, uh, I, you know, I lived through the 80s. It's true. I'm, I'm a little older than our guest today. But anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. I saw a funny meme, and it was like a picture of the jelly shoes that we used to wear, the little heeled jelly shoes that mm. girls used to wear in the 80s. And it was like the original Crocs. And I was like, absolutely. That is so true.
1: <laughs> Crocs are in. Everything just, old I, is new again. I just saw a uh, former... Uh, Podcast guest, Mr. Augustus Pru, Augie Pru, who talked about his love of trains, Uh, and he just walked the red carpet for the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Look at that promo. And uh, he had on just a nice pair of Crocs rocking it out rocking the crocs you know what on the carpet
0: my my kids boys and girls they love they're very into crocs so much that i got suckered into going to the crocs outlet <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in Camarillo because they had a buy 2 get 2 free sale going on and oh, you of gotta course do that. with four kids that makes a lot of sense for me oh, you know Yeah. so no, you it do was that. like a no brainer anyway yes we <laughs> We're talking about the 80s today, but we're specifically talking about... The
1: 1988 film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. And our guest today is none other than who, Claire Kramer?
0: Our guest is Jacob Hopkins, who is currently starring as Fushi in the anime series To Your Eternity. He was, he's done a ton of anime, but his breakout role was Alexander Drew in True Blood, and he was also in The Goldbergs. So yes, he's coming on to talk today about his fanaticism of Who Loves Roger Rabbit.
1: It's something that I adore. Uh, We adored.
0: I did not know that about you, David. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> when he mentioned when he mentioned that, I, I lit up because I was like, I would love to talk about this. And we did, and and I hope it shows because I was very excited because I didn't realize how much I loved that movie until he mentioned how much he loved it. And then it just became and that's a real. The,
0: the, you did a Claire today. You kind of I like did you did a mirror of the guest, which is usually me. I, I love the movie too. I'll have to rewatch it, obviously.
1: And Jacob, what a delightful dude this guy was.
0: I knew I was going to like him when he turned on his camera and he was sitting in one of those deluxe gamer chairs. <laughs> That's what I was like, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> like, you know, there's just something cool about that. Yeah. Chair.
1: To sit into that chair is to uh, sit into greatness. And I think we it's, all... It's
0: almost like sitting on the, um, the throne in Game of Thrones. Kind of. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, thats it's just a little, like, comment on who you are without having to say anything. That's true.
1: That's really true. And Mm -hmm. he is an absolute joy and an absolute delight.
0: Yeah, we did a deep dive into Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hope you guys enjoy this episode.
1: Jacob, what do
2: you think makes dip? All right. It's gotta be (laughs) evil. No love. Just the
1: concept of
2: evil. And Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) <laughs> That's
1: scary enough to destroy a cartoon That's I mean,
2: when I was a kid, dude I'd see they dip a live shoe in there And that shoe's, like, maybe, like, two minutes old <laughs> like, just got on It just got on camera, it was horrifying We're talking about Who Framed Roger right. Rabbit, by the way Not our nightmares and schizophrenic dreams <laughs>
0: yeah, You know what, Jacob? Thank you for that Because I'm sitting here, like <laughs> I know the topic and I'm already confused. So so for the listeners who aren't so dialed in uh with the lingo of Roger Rabbit, give us an yes. overview of what we're going to be talking about on Fanatics today. Who what is Roger Rabbit? Who is Roger who Rabbit?
2: Framed Roger Rabbit was originally a book and then it became a movie and it's about the a world where cartoons are real but They're not, like, you know, going about their everyday lives. It's like the cartoons that we watch are actually filmed on camera because the tunes are real. It's their job. They're actors. And uh, Roger Rabbit is framed for murder. Roger Rabbit is a very famous, popular tune. And uh, Eddie Valiant is a guy played by Bob Hoskins who sort of takes his case. He takes like all these tune cases and like he tries to prove his innocence. And it's an amazing movie. If you disagree, please stop breathing my air. But yeah, that's, that's Roger Rabbit. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk a little 1989, bit.
1: 1989, Robert Zemeckis film, Who Framed yes. Roger Rabbit? One of my favorites growing up as well. This topic. Is so great, Jacob. Uh, I did not know that it was a. But the thing is, you really love it. I'm already sensing it. Like you're you're saying things quickly in a way that I'm like, <laughs> this is this is sexy, and I think I like it. And I'm realizing you love it. So this is gonna be a very I fun conversation. I do love it. I
2: I had. I didn't know it was a book. It, it was a book. It, that's right. It came. I don't. Was it I can't a full novel? Exactly was it a short out. story? It was, was a was short it? story. It was a short story, and it, it, it's a lengthy read. It's not like a very very short story, but yeah, it was a book, and the book was much darker and more violent than the actual movie, and they kind of oh. had to like tone it down because they wanted to. They they wanted to. They wanted to like. Sort of incorporated with the Disney World, which they did in Disneyland, I believe. They don't have this in World, but in Land, they have Toontown. Toontown. Yeah, that's where that, still that's there. a thing in the movies. Yes, that's right. They're remodeling. I went on the Who and, Frame Roger Rabbit ride
1: earlier this year in Disneyland because uh-huh. my adult friend in his 30s said, This is really the one good ride in Toontown. And I said, Let's just go. I haven't been in a long time. And I feel I, feel ra- like ra- I rode ride that ride. <laughs> It is not a great ride, Jacob. It's a great no, movie, you don't it like it? Oh, I'm no. Sorry. No.
2: It's <laughs> good it. for ch- small people, <laughs> but I'm not a small person. I just love when Roger Rabbit like, holds out the hole and he goes, I'll save you. And it like, does the illusion, man. You don't like that? You don't like the mirrors, the, the playing tricks on your mind? <laughs> I l- would
1: like it if it really worked, if I was. Uh, as someone who's above the age of nine, but All Jacob, right, that's fair. there is no judgment here, except maybe there is. Claire has a question. <laughs>
0: I'm so confused by this, but I, I love it. Okay, so Jacob, you're young. You're young. You're you know 20, 21 somewhere I'm around like there. Eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're
0: like eight, you're not <laughs> yeah. eight. Uh, you were fooled by <laughs> the so. illusion, though. So David's considering you younger than than himself. Uh, He's youthful. <laughs> He's youthful. How did you first get introduced to Roger Rabbit? Because as David mentioned, the movie came out in the eighties, late 80s. So this is pre-Jacob Hopkins. What how did you get introduced to this concept, the character, the book, and the movie?
2: Well, I first went on the ride when I was a little kid, little, little kid. And I didn't know what Roger Rabbit was, but I loved the ride. And I never really paid much attention to it. It was just like, you know, a ride at Disneyland and I didn't like become hooked on it or fan of it, whatever. But I discovered like years later, I think I was around maybe like 11 or 12 or something like that, where I found that my parents had a VHS of who framed Roger rabbit. Um, And I popped that in and I would watch that like once a month and that would become like, like a cult of mine. You know, cult classic of mine, and um, and yeah, I loved it ever since. And it's always and I recently got back into it before we we were doing this podcast, like a couple months ago. I discovered that Disney Plus had put up three Roger Rabbit shorts, so they actually tried to make it a TV show. They were like nine or ten minute long shorts. May- maybe a couple of them were a little bit shorter than that. But they, but they tried. They tried to make it a TV show. And they tried to push it like that. And I don't know what happened. I thought like those it,
1: shorts. I thought those shorts. Just I remember those shorts growing up, and they would just be at the beginning of a lot of Disney movies. You yeah, they, they would try do to make that to a TV show.
2: Yeah, I think they did. I think I remember reading that what they were trying to do is market it to be a longer lasting project of some sorts. Whether it was going to be a sequel, oh. which I know they did write. A sequel uh they had a script for it but it never happened oh really yeah and then they did those shorts but they just wanted to make some sort of brand out of it and they weren't really sure what direction they were going in and that's where it kind of just stood at a standstill
0: that's where they went to the space jam franchise after that <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, were, they were like we're gonna just do the basketball thing it's easier <laughs> instead of this rabbit and jessica um so <sighs> If you were to, I'm kind of jumping all over. If you were to imagine, you know, they just did a new Space Jam in 2021. If you were to imagine today's Roger Rabbit, what would that, like, what would that story be from someone like you who's passionate about
2: the character? Today's Roger Rabbit, I feel it could be so drastically different than what they wanted to do for the sequel
1: wouldn't it be very adult it'd be very adult wouldn't it? it would
2: be very adult but also i don't think it would be even remotely close to what they wanted to do because see this was at like the height of like indiana jones and stuff right and what they wanted to do what they wanted to do with the sequel with roger rabbit was it was gonna be his backstory and you find and it's like it's he's trying to figure out like who his father was but Somewhere along it's the story. He's
0: like the to Silence of yeah, the Lambs.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like he gets drafted into World War II. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what the movie is. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Like, if they could do it, but I feel like it'd be a little weird to do that now. And then at the end of no. the movie, they find out Bugs Bunny is his dad. So I'm not joking, by the way. This I've read the script. You th- you really? I've read the script. I've, I've read the script. I've read it like three times. They
1: found out that Bugs Bunny's the dad. That's yeah, his, Bugs Bunny's is his that? dad,
2: and he also gets drafted this in World War II, and he has to save Jessica Rabbit from the clutches of Germany. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> All right, Jacob so so i'm I'm googling this so
1: we, it slight fact checking because i'm also, but slight slight in curiosity slight, okay. but also some fact checking okay so okay, who okay. censored roger rabbit was the 1981 novel written by gary k wolf and it was a it was a noir mystery novel and it was uh-huh. a proper novel not a short story this is 226 it pages it wasn't a short so.
2: story okay all right so it yeah. was a novel uh,
1: but it it looks really noir esque and I yeah. really cannot wait to buy it because this <laughs> genuinely looks like the kind of the way that I remember reading Wicked. I don't know, did you ever read Wicked, the book, anybody here? Not the or just book. see no. the musical? The musical. Yeah. Yes. So I remember reading the book. I remember being in a Barnes and Noble and I saw the book Wicked and I was just like Oh, I like the idea of an adult version of like the Wizard of Oz and we're... Like, there's sex and stuff and dark comedy and all these things. So I cannot wait to see a much more now noir-esque version
2: of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So thank you very much for There's going to be, like, Rogers, like, blowing people's heads off and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty dark. (laughs) I mean, it seems
0: like part of the appeal to you of the franchise is it's a little bit all over the place. Like, the Toontown and Disneyland. The movie, the book, the shorts. (laughs) What's your favorite piece of the property?
2: It's just... uh, I well I would say the movie but it's I just really like it because it's fantastical and I feel like it, I feel like it appeals to anyone who's grown up on all these classic cartoons looney tunes disney you know Bugs Bunny Mickey Mouse Daffy Donald it's it's a world where they all exist with us and to think that there would be a place where you could go to interact with them and be a part of their lives is really cool I know I'm like 20 but <laughs>
1: I like you it. just like Jessica Rabbit. Let's be real. She's <laughs> always has been and always will be forever a very weird cartoon sex symbol.
2: Dude, she was um, just drawn that way. Relax. She was
1: just drawn that way.
2: <laughs> how many times
1: have you seen this movie, Jacob? How many times do you think? And how often and will you go back to it at like certain parts and times of your life or like a year? Like is it during Thanksgiving you watch it every year or something?
2: I feel like I feel like I put the movie on just to get to the part where like the weasels show up at the bar and uh, Roger has to drink the whiskey to just, like, blow the place to sky high. I don't know why, but that's, like, an upset... I can't explain this stuff. I sound insane, but these are the things that I am obsessed with. (laughs) It's a good scene.
1: It's a great scene. It's a great scene. And it's it's a slow burner, because, right? Because it's the idea of Roger Rabbit since the first time he's ever had a drink.
2: Yes, right.
1: And so the idea is... We're all excited to see like what the heck happens when this crazy rabbit gets a drink and he just goes all over the place. And it really you know is like when a you really asked funny. Me
2: what dip was made of earlier? There are theories, uh, David, that there's alcohol in them, and that's why the tunes don't like alcohol. So there you go.
0: Wait, Where's, this is like an where? urban legend. No,
2: this no, no. no. He's
1: talking about some chat room or something. So, where did where these <laughs> theories come from, Jacob? <laughs>
0: That's what an urban legend YouTube, is. YouTube,
2: Wikipedia. No, listen. The, so they have. There's this theory where, like, the reason why Roger can't stand alcohol is just because it doesn't. It doesn't mesh well with tunes. And people were saying, like, oh well, back when cell shading was a thing. You know, rubbing alcohol was used to sort of, like, scratch out mistakes in animation. And oh. that's why they don't like actual, like, gin, whiskey, beer, alcohol. But also, that's what's in dip. So, I don't know. It's it's pretty sound to me. But uh, that's that a little sound. tidbit. Yeah.
0: It's Wait, like what that. is dip? So explain this to me. Okay.
2: so explain, did, Yes, explain yes, to Claire what right. the heck we're talking about. So, Claire dip, right, is this concoction that Doc Brown makes, um, and he's the bad guy in this movie, by the way, and he mm-hmm. base it's this liquid that kills toons. You can't kill a toon, they're immortal, but this can okay. kill them. And so that's his way of sort of driving out all the tunes in Toontown, because what he wants to do is build a freeway through it. <laughs> You want I hey, know. this is
1: literally the invention <laughs> like of the Whoville. 110 freeway also, That's this is yeah, like Dr. Seuss's,
2: like yeah, no one yeah. else has heard of a freeway. He's like I'm going to build a freeway. And, and Bob Austin's
1: like what? he has to drive it through toontown. It's <laughs> yeah, basically he has to drive the origin of the Los Angeles 110 freeway, like it's a lot of proof So
0: he creates a dip that is that kills tunes. Right. And uh this what aren't is part you of the storyline. Got this. it. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I got it. Who who are you in this cast of characters, Jacob? Who are you? Are you Roger mm. Rabbit? Are you, uh, you know, Christopher Lloyd? Are you Thumper? Who are you? I'm like,
2: uh, Thumper, I'm I think I'm like, present. Uh, you know, he actually is. I'm. Uh, I think I'm the octopus bartender in that one scene where it's <laughs> like they're doing like the crane shot of where Jessica performs. And it's just an octopus, just like flipping glasses around, and he looks like he's gonna pass out. <laughs> I like that a multi. Just no, that no means- thoughts at all in that head. Just he's just a guy, Jacob.
1: <laughs> jacob he's just an octopus leave the leave the guy alone just an octopus he's just a jacob, guy i'm
2: not i'm not ripping on him he's just there he's, he's just, just a man just with eight legs and a job yeah i'm either that guy or like one of the penguins that's just like kind of flip flapping around with like they're holding like the plates with the drinks above their heads because they're tiny yeah it's the mary poppins penguins it's the mary poppins penguins that's right it is yeah yeah
1: need to show this to people in your life that you are romantically tied to to garner their uh, engagement of whether they are someone you should be dating or not
2: yes i dim the lights i say babe let's watch roger rabbit and they go what are you talking about you psychopath and then they leave and then i watch it alone that's how it goes is that how it goes <laughs> yes are we gonna be okay with that yeah we're we gonna get through it absolutely dude
1: we as in you and yourself and, your, and, and I'm Yeah. We.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, is it, is it a can... lonely life to dedicate yourself? <laughs> yes, it is. But I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Good. Go I
0: ahead. could see you two having a watch party. like This is, yes. this is what I think is going to happen next time that VHS tape goes just in. Just put it on. How do you
2: stream on this thing?
1: <laughs> There's a beautiful brown couch right behind Jacob <laughs> as we we're recording. And I see me and him next to each other on that brown couch. Yes. Each with... A can of Mountain Dew, and we are clicking Dunkaroos, Sunny D, going to and celery
2: sticks, and we're gonna have a well, great time. Well,
0: David, who are you in the film? You obviously also are, you know, uh, well versed in Roger Rabbit. Who? are Which character are you?
1: I think, I think, <laughs> I am Roger probably <laughs> because I think he's. You know he he's feeling sensitive and framed and guilty and I feel like that's a lot of just my where I am in life all the time.
2: But the um, difference is that you actually did those things and it's yeah. time you stopped Jake. dodging them. I, think I thought
1: what stays on, what happens on DM stay on DMs. <laughs> but Bob Hoskins, how good is he in it? Like Bob Hoskins who. I feel like that was his the height. Of, he's great yeah. as an actor, period, in anything you ever see Bob Hoskins do. Oh, but yeah. is, it a, is it a travesty or is it a treasure that he's probably going to be most remembered for playing uh, Detective Valiant? In I think you're
2: right. I think it is his Who most framed. notable movie. Yes. But I think it's a treasure because it was such a groundbreaking... First of all, it's just a great movie overall. It's got a really good story. Uh, Bob Hoskins' character... Eddie Valiant is a really good character. Um, his backstory pretty much is that his brother was killed by a tune. And that's why mm. he never that's why he became an alcoholic, dropped all these tune cases and the way they play that and the beautiful like the the, the soundtrack that supports it, all the music, it's just every moment where it like Spends time on his backstory is so heart wrenching and tragic and beautiful, and he plays that really, really well. Even yeah. when he's like in the movie theater and he's telling Roger about like what happened, why he dropped all those tune cases, it's it's incredible, and it's just a legendary movie. Broke so many grounds. It, it was the first movie that really did what it did. No movie had ever. I mean, Mary Poppins tried to do it, but they they kind of failed. Like, they didn't really create the illusion of animation and live action blending well together. No, it
0: was all, in Mary Poppins, it was all, like, the mystique of, you could, you know, was it in their mind, was a part of the story? And this right. was actually a reality, an alternate reality.
2: Right, and they nailed it. Like, if you watch Mary Poppins, and it shows, like, they're talking to all the cartoons, they're not even, like, meeting their eyes and stuff. Like, they didn't really know what they... <laughs> We're doing, but Roger Rabbit nailed it. It, they, the, the cell shading, the practical effects, it, it works so well.
1: Jacob, are you bagging on a 1964 <laughs> film that was just trying?
2: That was listen. Just I like to talk about how the 1984 thing was better than the 1950s thing. I really <laughs>
1: 1988. This I'm movie, sorry, we're almost in the 90s. This That's was, true. We, and that movie, this is, this is. Almost thirty years later, technology got slightly better, and Robert Zemeckis was born, who became Mr. Technology film experienced man, That's right. Uh, director extraordinaire. And um, have you ever seen Cool Cool World? That's the Brad Pitt one, right? Cool World. Anybody uh, with me on this? Hold on. Wait, hold this on. Was I'm, the, I'm googling like, it.
2: I'm googling it.
1: Cool this was yeah, 1992. World. So this was like four years later. Oh cool yeah. World. <laughs> And it was like kind of dirty. And, and I it remember was like this adult Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it was Brad Pitt was the only like live action guy yeah. in this very animated world. Or um, well, he wasn't the but only all one. But they like smoking of
2: a hot. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, this. and he
1: has like this relationship with this very busty Kim Basinger style cartoon, and that's where this. I think people felt a little uncomfortable because that was a <laughs> bomb. Speaking of animated live action combos oh yeah man yeah
0: you know it's interesting that you bring that up because why do you think this combination worked at the time with roger rabbit with these other characters and with the you know mixing the the animation and live action what what made it like resonate with people and what has made it a classic
2: well I think it just, in my opinion, it all roots in just the likability of Roger Rabbit in general. He's a very likable, you know, he's a lovable goof. But yeah, they made it, right. they made it work because you know his character, the writing, but also I've I've watched like, of course, I've watched, I've watched like a ton of like behind the scenes stuff of how they did it, and they really did a good job with blocking and props the way they would sort of wire real life objects around and then animate around that so the characters are like moving around those objects and stuff they really paid attention to detail like like very very meticulously and even in scenes with like for example like if there's like a fan you know going and um it's making the light uh shade in and shade out they animate the characters where where their lighting matches with their surroundings. They really make them fit into the environment, and I feel like that's what a lot of and that and that really succeeded in like creating the You're like oh my god, they're actually there. And that's where a lot of the other movies went wrong, where they didn't really pay that much attention, or maybe they didn't have the budget. I don't know, but point still stands. They were they paid so much attention to detail and really wanted to make sure people actually believe that these cartoons exist, you know, plus Mickey mouse and Bugs Bunny were in it, but
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) It's like the ultimate mashup. I mean, they, and they do cameos, you know, Roger rabbit and Jessica rabbit do cameos in other movies. Like Mm -hmm. it's not just this property. This is the main one for them, obviously. But okay. So the question always comes down to this. Is this a children's movie, or is it an adult movie because
2: <laughs> I would definitely not <laughs> it's hard to let tell my child watch it I don't know I'd say like you know thirteen and up it's got some it's got some more mature themes, but it's got a lot of heart, and mm-hmm. it's not like rooted in these adult themes they're there, but what it's really what it really centers around is just the good nature of Roger Rabbit himself. And I feel like that that appeals to pretty much anyone.
1: What's impressive is they took, they created a a world that is not Looney Tunes and that is not Disney. Like they created a, but still, you know, Bugs Bunny and Daffy and all these other characters appear, which is a really fun thing, but Mm -hmm. they didn't rely on them. They created like their own toon world. And... That's always a really difficult thing at the very top of a film to be like, trust us, we're going to take you down a, a animated road, adults. But it's exactly right. It works in that way that every every streamer and every network is always chomping at the bit to create a show or a film that can have a son, a daughter, a father, and a grandma and a grandpa all sit down, pay money, and watch it together. Mm-hmm. And Who Framed Maybe isn't for the four and five year olds, but in the way that many Pixar movies are, they were able to get a lot of people to sit down for that film together as a family and all appreciate it and all like it. And well,
2: because it focuses on those family values. And I feel like that's what a lot of um, animated stuff and TV shows and movies. I feel like they, a lot of newer stuff that's been coming out. I feel like they miss that because that's, that that's the ultimate thing that, anyone can relate to um you know eddie valiant and his family and the tragedy behind that you know we've all lost someone um and i feel like we can all sort of sit down and empathize with that and realize this is real you know i'm I'm not watching something fake like it's not a cheap you know cash grab it's it really hits home it really like really tugs at your heartstrings and it's So beautiful, man. It's just great. They really RK
1: Maroon, maroon cartoons. That's That's right.
2: Maroon cartoons.
0: Do you feel like (laughs) if they made a sequel, you know, and Mm -hmm. guess what? Not too much time has passed because look at what's happening in entertainment now. The sequels are 20, 30 years later sometimes. So would they have to retain the same physical appearance and quality of tune? Like simplicity of the animation, or would you, you want the upgrade to the two thousand twenties? You know, two thousand twenty-three oh, version.
2: No, no right? I would not want part that. of the
0: charm is the <laughs> is the fact that the tunes have a very distinct look to them. Right?
2: Yes, exactly. I feel like.
0: I mean and at least Roger like,
2: Rabbit's wearing pants which is good. <laughs> that's true. He's not he's not Bugs Bunny. But right. I I really love the movie for it's like classic cell shading, you know, it, the the classic animation style. It's really heartwarming and just really nice to look at. I feel like it's way better. I know it takes more work, but it's way better than the animation now where it's just kind of like puppeting. And like the Chip and Dale movie that came out, they tr they like they try to do that Roger Rabbit thing where I kinda they, liked it. The mm. the animation Claire I feel like it, it it worked sort of, but they they failed to really make them fit into the environment. Like Ugh, the, that that kind of like him. meticulous detail that I was talking about of Roger Rabbit, they sort of like stuck out to me. This like, is the one wish... with the,
0: on the cruise ship, right? The, it's, the... Wi- it's like the newer, it's the newest
1: chip in the Yeah, and we'll brand new one chip. with John, John Mullaney and Andy yeah, Samberg. Jacob, are you and I going to be sitting at opposite <laughs> ends of this brown couch now? <laughs> I just After wish this. they went
2: to the, with the classic, you know, like animation style. That's All right, that's I'm going to throw I some missed. things at
1: you guys. This is some fun talking points. Right, Harrison cool. Ford was Spielberg's original choice to play Eddie Valiant, but his really? price was too high. Chevy Chase was the second choice. But he wasn't interested. Bill Murray was also considered for the role, but Uh, apparently due to his idiosyncratic and interesting methods of receiving offers for roles, a.k.a. I believe Claire and I both know this, he does not have an agent. He just sort of takes the roles himself. Uh, He does. He phone call right to him. He missed out on it. Eddie Murphy Mm. reportedly turned down the roles. He misunderstood the concept of cartoon characters and humans being coexisting. Mm. And then apparently Robin Williams, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Ed Harris... Charles Grodin and Don Lane were also considered for the role, but ultimately went to Bob Hoskins because Spielberg thought his acting. And uh, I guess I'm just going to assume he was the only one who said yes. He let, <laughs> did I just mention everybody, every male actor from 1988 and just like
2: Nicholson as Eddie Valiant. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I feel like they're all too much of the cool guy. I feel like Bob Hoskins had that warmth that they didn't have, except for Robin Williams. I feel like Robin Williams, that's interesting. He definitely has the heart, but Bob Hoskins has the heart and the grit. Mm-hmm. And He does
1: have grit. Robin I, Williams is almost yeah. too much of a cartoon character to, yeah. to be the guy who's... Because the whole point is it's a guy who's... Eddie Valiant's this, like, he's, like, anti-cartoon. Larry, because his a cartoon killed his brother. So he mm-hmm. he needs to be a little... A little gritty harrison ford would have been good actually i'm down i think harrison ford was a good choice it's a shame harrison ford
2: would have been interesting that what he definitely has the heart and the grit definitely a different it would feel a lot different though because he's got he's got a different stature he's got a different presence but i still think it would have been interesting i did not know that that's cool that reminds me of like in star wars they were like trying to figure out who they should get for han solo before they cast harrison ford and uh, they were originally thinking of Kirk Douglas. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, and that would have been interesting. And then they were thinking of Christopher Walken, which would probably not have been so good. But then they went with it so
1: far. <laughs> Can I throw some other people who apparently were also being thought of for the Christopher Lloyd role as Judge Doom? You ready for this?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Tim
1: Curry originally auditioned for the role. Oh, that uh, would have been
2: good. That would have been but really was good.
1: rejected because the producers found him too terrifying. Oh, <laughs> he was too scary.
2: Really? Interesting. That feels a little
1: weird. That feel does like feel a little you... weird because
2: he's he's like cartoonish villain, but it still works. But he was too terrifying, is what they were saying.
1: He was too terrifying, said the producers. Wow. Christopher Lee, who we know from. The oh, yeah. Star Wars, correct? and I yeah, uh, was also uh, Dracula, considered for yeah. it, but he turned it down. John Cleese expressed interest for the role, but he wasn't scary enough.
2: Hmm. Mm. I feel <laughs> like Christopher Lee would have been good. And then Peter
1: O'Toole, F. Marie Abraham, Roddy McDowell, and Sting were considered for the role. Oh. Sting? Well... And then Christopher Lloyd <laughs> won it because of, essentially, Back to the Future was Zemeckis. Yeah. I think, Zemeckis, right. I think he director. was... I think he did a good
2: job. I oh yeah, he really did a great cool. job. Tim Curry—he
1: scared me. I'm with you, right, Jacob? Like
2: I oh no, I, I, yeah, he was. I had terrifying. dreams as
1: a kid of just like, Ooh.
2: yeah. No, he was scary. He did a really good job. But I'm like thinking of Tim Curry. That would have been good. I feel like he would have done a really good job. Would have been different, but I would have liked to see it.
1: Mm-hmm. Tim Curry's—he uh, should be in more things. That's just I think I Tim should. Curry note. I think for all of us. Yeah, Jacob. This is this was an absolute delight of a time we just had with you talking oh about Oh
2: no, it's this. over.
1: I know. It's crazy. What? This is wild. I know. We did th- this there's short <laughs> podcasts. Okay. Uh, but, but we're we to talk on about other and,
0: things. <laughs> but you're gonna come back on. Don't worry. We're gonna have okay, you back on because right, okay. there's a lot of, there's a lot in your tool belt of you know, fanaticisms. <laughs> so we're we're just chipping this is like the tip of the iceberg here. Don't worry. Sweet. But before
1: we fi- completely finish, I do have to ask this though. Okay. as always if you had to psychoanalyze yourself and put on a little therapist okay <laughs> uh-huh why do you think now you keep when we say in the royal you you know you feel this way and you i want to say i so jacob you are very thoughtful and i feel like i'm gonna get a very thoughtful answer so okay. i'm already excited for the answer right. why do you think you love this so much do you think there's it is speaking to something not like as a as a your 12 year old self, or something about your parents growing up. Like, you really like this movie.
2: It's a lot of different parts to it. I feel like there's definitely the nostalgia factor. There's definitely, you know, I have a brother. So, Eddie Valiant losing his brother, like, I couldn't imagine ever going through that. So, that really hits home. But I think the biggest reason is because I grew up on all these cartoons. They were basically my childhood and I loved them so much that I decided to do it as a career. And it's it's sort of like a love letter. They, they, they mash up the, and it's not like, you know, they just kind of throw it in whatever. They don't put really much thought into it. They build this whole world and it's dedicated to all of these fantastic cartoons that we all grew up with. You know, our parents, our grandparents. And I feel like that's, where the love lies and that's why it's going to be timeless and still going to be a popular movie years from now
1: dude i think you nailed it and i'm actually i I, you did not disappoint i'm not just saying it i think it is a love letter to cartoons and i think for someone Mm -hmm. who like you who adores cartoons that makes sense why it would mean so much to you it is a love letter to cartoons and are you ready for this transition, my friends? <laughs> That's why I said of it. Love I was letter. Like, uh-huh. You're good. <laughs> if I'm ever out sick, Claire, take Jacob. He can be our co host. I, I give <laughs> full I, permission. Yes. Jacob Hopkins would happily be a fantastic co host. 100%. 100% for me.
0: I love him. Um, um, yes. Go ahead, David.
1: No, please. us with a love letter to uh, this wonderful film, Jacob.
2: Dear Roger Rabbit, thank you for always being there for me and teaching me the value of growing up with my brother and my family, and thank you for reminding me why I love all these cartoons so much that built the foundation of my childhood. Love, Jacob. Beautiful. Love. No dip for you.
1: The dip will be off to the side. I was like
2: hovering over it, but then I was pulled back up, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do appreciate it was Judge Doom, by the way. Like it wasn't even just like Judge Henry. It was like Eddie Valiant, but Judge Doom. His last name had to be Doom. I like (laughs)
2: how they were all like, we uh should we question his name?
1: No. (laughs)
2: Should we think about that? Tim Curry
1: was too scary for a guy named Judge Doom. Let's all remember that we learned that today. (laughs) He was
2: too terrifying.
1: Terrifying. He was too terrifying. terrifying.
2: That's what it was. I love that little tidbit.
1: right now on Wondery Plus. Hey you, it's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless?
0: Okay, so the interesting thing, you know, he was talking about – Why, when you ask like into your psyche, why do you love Roger Rabbit? You know, I was talking about his love for morning cartoons. Well, actually Gary Wolf, who wrote the novel who censored Roger Rabbit, which we touched on, he said his inspiration was watching the commercials for like the Frosted Flakes, which had Tony the Tiger, and Trix, which had the Trix Rabbit, and the anime characters would be interacting with the kids in the commercial, without comment. Like it was just very basic like interactions. And that was actually the inspiration for Gary behind creating the tunes and Roger Rabbit and the two worlds that didn't comment on the fact that they were like different, you know, different, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for? Presentations, different societies, like living as one dimensions. Yeah, dimensions. So I thought that was really interesting.
1: That is really interesting because you could, you could say to yourself the, the amazing thing about Who Framed Roger Rabbit is it was one of the very first if not the first I mean we talked about Mary Poppins too but I'm sure in other movies we've seen it as well that we can't think off the top of our head right now but it was the first like hey we're going to we're going to have humans and animated characters interact in a very visceral real same dimension world for the entirety of the film. And it's true. It's not really the real reason why it was so special. I think it made it, I think it elevated it. I think it was really interesting, but ultimately it was just the story. It was a great story and it was a love letter to cartoons, which I loved how he put that. Jacob was astute in that. Yeah. What a great idea, Mr. Mr. Gary. Uh, (laughs) So watch commercials and immediately that was his premise. I love finding out how like some small thing could just, you know, create. One of the greatest movies or one of the greatest novels, you know. I love, I love, you know. Yeah, finding out where inspiration comes from.
0: I mean, it makes a lot of sense if you think about those those cereal commercials, which really haven't changed, by the way. In talking no. talking about like how things have changed, well, Tony the Tiger, he has not really evolved. You know, the Tricks Rabbit is still the Tricks Rabbit. Like, you know, Count Count Chocula. Yeah. <laughs> like the, all the Halloween cereals, you know, that come out every year. They, kids just, just hang out with classics.
1: The, kids hang out with <laughs> cartoons. It's easy, but I think what was fun about Who Framed Was that it's adults hanging out with them, and mm-hmm. I think that was like how do adults interact and kind of you know that's part of that's part of Eddie's journey is like you know you know cartoons are supposed to make you laugh and have a good time. Roger Rabbit says so. It's it, there's a there's a loss of innocence and a regaining of innocence. It really is a it's a very. Well done film beyond it being just this animated you know technological marvel for a time it really is a good story and a good story will always will always win out which i love i think i saw tom hanks say that the other day on a podcast he was just at the end of the day you know you can't hide <laughs> you can't hide a good movie or a bad movie for too long like you can maybe get a big box office for a couple of days on a movie but after a few days people will start talking and if it's a bad movie and a bad story ain't nobody gonna come to watch it so Mm -hmm. you can have as many actors and as much Marvel and animation and I say Marvel not as in Marvel the studios Marvel is in the word marvelous things happening you can have as much of that as you want but at the end of the day, what's the story? What is the story? What, what are is the
0: relationships? What is yeah. what is happening in the, you know, protagonist and antagonist life?
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think you and I've got a pretty good story, Claire, on the Fanatics podcast. And so yes! people keep coming back for the story of us.
0: The story of us. That is true.
1: And you guys are a part of that story as well. So uh, thank you for listening, enjoying, liking, subscribing, all the verbs of the Fanatics podcast on Apple and Spotify and iHeart. And if you listen to it at wearefanatics.com, that's awesome. I appreciate you, person who goes to our website and just clicks play because it's there. Do it. <laughs> <and> it's easy. <laughs> Pure pressure. Do it. <laughs> and we made it. We made this website. So hopefully you're enjoying it. This was a fun one, Claire. This was a real fun one. Should we say goodbye and and look forward to next week with everyone?
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, We will see you guys next Thursday. Enjoy your week. And uh, remember, what I always like to say is sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Bye. Bye.
1: All right. Before we let you guys go, let me tell you about next week's episode, like I do every episode. We have on Miss Sahara Barrow. Uh, You know her from just being an amazing human all over the social medias. I'm talking TikTok and Insta and YouTube. Why? Because she's a beauty content creator and founder of Zahara the Label. Uh, She is a full-time mom, full-time entrepreneur. She's a rock star, okay? Full on. And she's coming on to talk about her love of fashion. Ah, finally. How have we gone through this many episodes and not talked about fashion yet? Well, here we are, and it's a good one. Enjoy.
0: Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics.
1: Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced
0: by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive Producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry
1: Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Wyndham, and you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song
0: Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode
1: Tip is made of evil And Christopher Lloyd too Tim Curry was too scary Yeah, I guess that's true But it's It's okay to be scary if your name is Judge Doom. Sure, Tim Curry's scary, but Christopher Lloyd is scary,
0: too. That was really good, David.